This is Couch and Coffee Table. I'm Michael Perry. For today, we're going to conclude our Planet of the Apes series by Power Records. The Planet of the Apes stories are based on the short-lived television series of the same name. There are only like 13 episodes altogether of the TV show. Uh, the four we are presenting here today, again, are stories based on characters from the TV show. I can't reiterate that enough. With all four of the stories, you will hear some crackle as they all came off record. So, with all that being said, our first one up is called Mountain of the Delphi. Hope you like it. Mountain of the Delphi. It is the year 3885. Two astronauts, Pete Burke and Alan Verdon, traveling through a time warp in space, find themselves stranded on a strange and hostile planet where apes are the hunters and humans the hunted. Over here, Pete, quick! Phew, that was close. Where's Galen? Right, right behind you. I'm no more anxious to be caught by General Urko's gorillas than you are. If there's anything he hates more than a human, it's an ape who is friendly to humans. Hey, listen. They're going away. I don't get it. I don't either. They had us trapped. With them in front and this mountain at our backs, we didn't have a chance. What do you think, Ellen? Why did they leave? I I I'm not sure. Uh, unless... Unless what? Unless we have entered one of the forbidden zones. Forbidden zone. Out of a mixture of fear and superstition, our Minister of Science has designated uh, certain areas of the country off-limits to all apes. Well, that's kind of strange, because your Dr. Zayas doesn't strike me as being the kind to fall for a lot of superstitious bunk. Uh, quite right. His major concern is to keep apes from learning that there may have been human civilizations in ancient times equal or perhaps even superior to our own, thus upsetting the theory that apes evolved from a lower species of primates the humans. How come you don't go along with him? I've seen evidence in archaeological research that such civilizations did indeed exist. Because I have tried to make that fact known, I have been denounced as a heretic, and now I'm a fugitive along with you. Lucky thing for us, too. We wouldn't be alive today if it weren't for you. Hey, this sure is a forbidding-looking place. That mountain rising up out of nowhere, casting its shadow over the valley below. Where are we, Galen? I can only guess, but I'd say that... What's that noise? Sounds like... Look out! Those boulders! Coming right down at us! Let's get out of here! Wow! An avalanche! As if we hadn't gotten enough trouble dodging General Urko and his gorillas! That was no avalanche. What do you mean? Look up there. Men! Cavemen! Right out of the Stone Age! Well, oh, please. Yes, yes, just what I thought! But I never thought I'd have the good luck to see living specimens. What are you talking about? Those humans. They could be the missing link between civilized apes and primeval humans. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I meant no offense. Okay, okay. So what else do you know about them? They are called the Delphi. And this is the very mysterious Mountain of the Delphi. Mountain of the Delphi? This mountain is an object of both fear and reverence to them. It is said they are drawn to it as though by a magnet. 
replaced by a subconscious memory of something out of their dim past. Sure is strange looking. Probably of volcanic origin, or the result of some other cataclysmic restructuring of the Earth's surface. Dwelling in caves in and around the base, they never stray far from it. Legend speaks of a metallic object at the top which they worship as a god, but dare not approach. Hey, look! There's one of those caves up there where the boulders came from. And there's another, right there behind the brush. Uh-oh. Suddenly, Alan, Pete, and Galen find themselves surrounded by a group of primitive humans, staring at them, silent, impassive. Er, um, hello. I'm Pete Burke, and these are my friends, Alan Verdon and Galen. You don't seem to be getting through. Let me try. Uh, we are friends. Friends. No luck. Uh, perhaps it is my presence that disturbs them since in their eyes, I am a member of the ape ruling class. As a scientist, I can assure you that I consider humans as equals of apes, and I wish to be a friend to all humans. Look at their expression. Unchanged. Completely emotionless. They don't seem to understand a word we've said. On the contrary, I have understood every word that has been said. Well, thank heaven, one of you can speak. I am Tamarain, guardian of the Delphi. Why have you come here? We seek refuge from the gorillas, nothing more. The mountain has been our refuge for uncounted generations. But we endanger our security and our future if we give aid to escaped slaves. We're not slaves, we are astronauts. Astronauts? We came from another planet, another world out there in space called Earth. Earth? Did you say Earth? Yes, the planet Earth. At last, the prophecy of the Delphi has come true. What prophecy? It is written that the survival of civilization is in the hands of men of Earth, and that one day they will descend from the skies to lead us to the land of promise, where all living things dwell together in unending peace and harmony. Amazing how that concept in one form or another appears in the tradition of so many and varied civilizations. Even among the apes? Even among the apes. Though, in our book of life, it is an ape who will lead the way. Come, we must hurry. If the gorillas know of your origin, you are in greater danger than I thought. Hey, hold it. You're taking us up toward the spot where those boulders came down. How do we know it won't happen again? Braylock has been warned. Who is Braylock? He is in charge of defense of the mountain. Young and impetuous and naturally suspicious of strangers. But you are safe. Just follow me. Where to? Up to the great hall of the mountain, where my people gather in time of danger. Then you believe the gorillas will overcome their fear of the Forbidden Zone and come back? Yes, they will return. Your encounter was with a small scouting party. This time they will come with a large force, perhaps led by General Urko himself. Our only safety is in the mountain. Tamarain was right. At that moment, General Urko was meeting with his captains and Dr. Zayas. You have heard the report of my scouts, Dr. Zayas. Burke and Burton and the renegade Galen have taken refuge in or near the mountain of the Delphi. They must be captured at all costs, and the Delphi destroyed as a warning to the rest of the humans. For once, General, I am in complete agreement with you. As long as they were isolated, we could tolerate the Delphi existence. Now that this isolation has been broken, the contagion of that place could spread throughout the land and destroy us all. The gorillas under my command are as brave as any, General Urko, but their fear of that mountain is great. General Urko, I will follow you to the death, but I cannot guarantee that my troops... Superstitious fools, I will lead the attack myself. We move out now! Follow me! In the meantime, Tamarain and the three fugitives approached the cave entrance leading to the Great Hall. 
hundred feet of sheer cliff behind us, straight down. Yeah, and only one narrow footpath leading up here. With enough food and guns, this place could be held indefinitely. Come, we have no time to lose. Entering the cave, single file, they walk through a long, twisting tunnel. Rounding one last corner, they stop suddenly and gaze in amazement at the sight before them. they call it the Great Hall. And look there, relics of an ancient civilization. A veritable treasure house of archaeological significance. Look here, Pete. Steel rails and some cobblestone. And that thing's sticking up like a stalagmite. It's a steeple, the top of an old church. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Way ahead of you. This mountain stands where once a great city stood. And the Delphi, this handful of primitive humans, must be the descendants of the people of that city. Clinging to the mountain like a security blanket. Look. Tamarine's getting up in that pulpit. He's going to speak. Hear me, my people. This day have come among us three strangers, as foretold in the Book of Wonders. Amen. This day is for us a day of glory, a day of deliverance. Amen. The people, they're not mutes. They're answering Tamarine like a congregation in the church. As it is written in the ancient scrolls of the Delphi, when in the course, when in the course of human events, of human events, it becomes necessary, it becomes necessary. Good Lord, those words, it becomes necessary. Yeah, I know. Tamarine, the guerrillas are coming. A whole army led by General Urko. Prepare all defenses. Braylock, where is Braylock? Suddenly, a secret stone door swings open, and Braylock enters the Great Hall. There is only one defense, Tamarine. Turn the strangers over to General Urko. What are you saying? Betray our friends? Never! He has given me his word that he will leave us in peace. You have spoken to him? Why you played at being a soldier, I acted. He waits at the foot of the mountain for your decision. You fool! General Urko will not keep his word! There is his answer. He followed you to the secret entrance. You refuse? I refuse. Then I am taking command. You are through, Tamarine. Turning to the open door behind him, Braylock shouts to the guerrillas waiting below. Start! Up here! The fugitives are up here! Tamarine, in a fury, seizes an ancient pistol, fires a single shot, and Braylock falls dead in his tracks. Then, turning to the fugitive, Tamarine shouts, Come quick! Through here! Leading them through a secret door behind the pulpit, he points to a stairway carved out of stone. Follow those stairs to the top of the mountain. Go down the other side and you will find safety in the forest beyond. Aren't you coming with us? It is forbidden for any Delphi to approach the top of the mountain, home of Itrabil. Itrabil? God of the mountain, protector of the Delphi. My trust is in him. It is written that in the time of our greatest danger, Itrabil will speak and our enemies will be destroyed. Go! Now! Emerging into the light at the top of the mountain, the three friends peer cautiously over the edge. Far below, Urko, flushed with a sense of victory, shouts to his officers. Destroy the Delphi to the last man, woman, and child! But I want those fugitives alive! Nice guy! Pete, Alan, look! What is it? Over here, that metal gleaming in the sun. It must be... 
Uh-oh. They've spotted us. Let's get out of here. Down the other side. Wait a minute. Alan, look at this. It's a huge ancient bell. I estimate its weight at about 2,000 pounds with a rim diameter of about 12 feet. Some kind of inscription around the rim. Can't quite make it out. Looks like... What's that? The mountain is shaking. All that gunfire. Yeah, must have set off an earthquake or something. If we don't move fast... Pete, I've got it. It says... For heaven's sakes, Alan! Listen. Proclaim liberty. Pete, you get it? The god of the mountain, Itrable, it's... Galen! Alan! Quick! Down here! With the mountain crumbling away almost beneath their feet, they raced down the side, reaching the safety of the forest, just as the proud home of the Delphi, with a final convulsive roar, dissolves into a massive heap of rubble, buried beneath a towering cloud of dust. Good Lord! Are you sure we didn't just dream there was a mountain there a few minutes ago? If it was a dream, then it was one dream that will never die. You speak in riddles. All I know is that the ruins of an ancient city, the richest archaeological treasures I've ever seen, may be lost for all time. And all I know is that a great man and his people died there today, never knowing that the voice of their god of the mountain, silent for over 2,000 years, was in fact the voice of the Liberty Bell of ancient Philadelphia. Our second story for today is called Dawn of the Tree People. of the tree people. Wandering across a land ravaged by a cataclysm beyond imagination in its horror, Pete, Alan, and Galen reach an area strangely untouched by the destructive forces unleashed many centuries ago. Have you guys noticed how warm it's been getting the past few days? Well, we have been moving south, so I guess things haven't changed that much in 2,000 years. Uh, according to our ape theory of evolution, the origin of apes can be traced back to an area similar to this, with the appearance first of humans, followed by the superior ape species. Uh-oh, there it is. Yeah, looks like we're still being followed by the superior ape species. We're in luck. They didn't see us. That Urko never gives up. He's got the word out on us all over the place. Yeah, so we got to find us a place to hole up for the night. It's going to be dark soon. And I don't want to be caught sleeping in the open. We seem to be on the edge of a big swamp. Maybe we can find a place in there. Sure gives plenty of cover, trees and things. Ugh, I don't think I like it. What do you think, Alan? I'd rather take my chances in there than out here. Let's go. Making their way carefully through underbrush and mud, the three friends suddenly come to a small clearing. Look over there on the other side. 
The ground looks a little higher and drier and plenty of trees. It's only about 50 yards across. Let's go. I still don't like it. Suddenly, a few yards from their objective. Hey, Pete, I'm stuck. No, don't come any closer. Quick, Sam. Give me your hand. Quick. Bracing himself to pull his companion free, Pete's feet suddenly sink, and he too is caught in the treacherous terrain. Galen, don't try to reach us. Go around us and get to that dry land. But I, I can't just leave you here. Don't argue, just listen. When you get there, break off one of those tree branches and slide it out to us. Maybe that way you can pull us out of this mess. It's our only chance. Right. Okay, I'm on my way. He made it. Good work, Galen. Now slide it out here. Hurry, we're sinking fast. Too short. I can't reach it. Neither can I. Alan, it looks like we've had it. Oh, Lord. What a way to go. Sinking deeper and deeper, they had almost disappeared beneath the surface, when suddenly, as they were lapsing into unconsciousness, they felt strong hands grasp them and pull them out to solid ground and safety. <coughs> what happened? Pete, where are you? Galen! Easy now. Rest easy. Your friends are all right. Oh, my head. Who, who are you? I am Magnum, leader of the tree people. We're safe, Alan. Magnum and his son, Molan, pulled you both out of the quicksand just in time. Oh, you can say that again. Pete, you okay? Outside of a mouthful of sand, yeah. Lucky thing for us you came along, Magnum. And Molan, thanks. No thanks are necessary. If you feel strong enough to move, follow us. You'll stay in our village for the night. It's not safe here. Moving with a sure-footed instinct of born woodsmen, Magnum and his son lead the group along a moss-covered path through a morass of lush vegetation, mangrove thickets, and snake-infested waters. And just as night falls... Lights ahead. Is that a welcome sight? Here we are. I must say, any place is better than where we've been. This is our village, our home. Village? Home? All I see is a big clearing in the woods. Lit up by torches. Uh, but no people and, and no houses. <laughs> Look up. Well, what do you know? Tree houses. Guess I've seen everything. A land where apes live on the ground and humans live in trees. Driven by fear of the gorillas, my ancestors took refuge here, where the gorillas do not dare enter. I can't say that I blame them. And they built their homes in the trees to be safe from the many creatures that roam in the night. But I'd like you to meet our people, and then we'll find you a treehouse for the night. Me? Sleep in a tree? You can sleep on the ground if you prefer, but you may find alligators not the most congenial bedfellow. Uh, alligators? <laughs> I'll take the tree. <laughs> Very wise of you. All right, Molan, ring the all-clear bell. As though by magic, the village comes alive with people descending from their houses by ladder. Suddenly, a beautiful young girl emerges from the rest and runs toward them. Molan, I was worried about you. What happened? We got a message from our guards that some humans had entered our territory and were walking straight toward the quicksand. We had to move fast to save them. This is a... I'm Pete Burton, and this is Ellen Burton. Hi. And this is... An ape! 
Don't be afraid. Galen is a friend. Oh, how I look to the day when ape and human can meet each other as friends and equals, instead of recoiling in fear and distrust. Oh, I'm sorry, Galen. It's just that we've heard so many terrible stories about the apes. And all of them are true. What is he doing here? What kind of humans would have an ape as a friend? Bronto, these are our guests. How do you know they're not agents of the gorillas sent here to spy on us? Here we go again. If you and your people weren't so isolated, you would have known that Pete Galen and I are number one on General Urko's enemy list. And his gorillas have been chasing us from one corner of the country to the other. Enough. Molan, see that our guests are made comfortable for the night in the empty lodge next to ours. In the morning, we shall settle this matter once and for all. What does that mean? You got me. We'll just have to wait and see. Climbing the ladder to the empty guest house, the three friends settle down for a much-needed night's sleep. Awakening at daybreak, they find the house well-stocked with food. Not bad. Not bad at all. Very good, if you ask me. Good food? Porch with a view? Best hotel I've checked into in a long time. Hotel? What's that? Well, it's a... Listen, sounds like the old school bell. Council meeting! Council meeting! All must attend! Council meeting! I guess all includes us. Yeah, I got a feeling it especially includes us. Let's go down see what's going on. This meeting has been called to settle a matter of grave importance. As you know, three strangers are here, fugitives from the apes. And I say they're spies for the apes. You will have your turn to speak, Bronto, before the council makes its decision. No council decisions, no wasting of time. I demand trial by the king. Quiet, quiet. It is the right of any citizen in a case involving village security to demand trial by the king instead of trial by council. Trial? What's all this about trial? I think we're going to find out right now. Pete Burke, Alan Burton, and Galen, in accordance with the custom of our people, one of you must accept the challenge of Bronto. Challenge to do what? One of you must fight Bronto. He's big. But looks muscle-bound. I think I can take him. Armed only with short clubs, you will meet in the waters of King's Lagoon, and the king will decide who's the winner. Surely there must be some other way. Silence! You know the law. Who is this king? Look over there. The small pool. That is King's Lagoon. Yeah, but I don't see anybody. Watch. On the other side. When I throw this stone. A delicate. Look at the size of him. That is the king. And he's the third man in the ring? Some referee. Hey, I'm taking this one. I did some alligator wrestling in the old days in Florida, if you remember. And I think I can handle our muscle-bound friend. Okay, I'm your man, Brado. Let's go down and get this over. Ready? Ready. As the two men fight savagely at the water's edge, a pair of beady eyes just above the surface of the lagoon can be seen approaching from the other side, gliding silently toward them. The king! The king is coming! Distracted by the shouts of the crowd, Alan turns his eyes away from his opponent for a quick glance at the approaching danger. 
But in that brief moment, Bronto strikes home with a vicious blow. <clears throat> and Alan falls, momentarily stunned. Alan! Alan! I'm not going to stand here and let that alligator... You will stay where you are. God, don't let him near the wall. Look, Pete, he's up. He's all right, fighting back. Ooh, now Bronto's down. He's heading straight for Bronto. He has made his decision. But as the alligator moves in for the kill, Alan leaps on his back, wrestles him over, and with one hand free, he jams his club upright between the monster's jaws to the complete amazement of the whole village. With the creature thrashing about in impotent fury, his great jaws locked open, Alan pulls the unconscious Bronto out to safety. Good going, Alan! You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Burden, you had no right to interfere with the king's decision. According to the law of our people... You call that law? That throwback to the mentality of the dinosaurs? It's time that law was changed. And for your people, look at them. Their reaction to the rescue of Bronto proves they're ready for change. Oh, yes, it is time for a change. When Molan and I are one, we will not want our children to be born into a life of darkness and terror. It would seem that too many years in the eternal twilight of this swamp have dimmed my vision. Perhaps a new leader. No, 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 we need you, Magnum. You have the wisdom of age and the faith of your people. All that is needed is the courage to face the world outside. The world outside? Do you suggest that we abandon our homes and risk our lives out there? Things are changing out there. Erko and his gorillas are only one segment of the ape community. There are others, more all the time, who favor a closer, peaceful relationship with humans, like that of Pete and Alan and me. They are right, Father. We have traded our right to live in the sun for a false security in the stagnation of the swamp. To grow, we need the sun. Ah, the wisdom and courage of youth. So be it. Hear me. There will be a meeting of the council immediately. Burke, Galen, Verdon, will you join us? Wouldn't miss it for the world. Delighted. How could we pass up the chance to see something as beautiful as a sunrise? The new dawn of the tree Our third story for today is called Battle of Two Worlds. You are listening to Couch and Coffee Table. Battle of Two Worlds. In the strange and hostile world that was once their home, the two astronauts have found one true friend, Galen. We should be there in a few minutes now. 
Look, Galen, are you sure we won't meet up with another of those friendly reception committees that seem to be waiting for us wherever we go? This is one place where we will be safe. I don't blame you for being bitter, but don't judge all apes by the actions of the Urkos among us. Look, there it is. Looks peaceful enough. I like to think this village points the way to the world of tomorrow. A place where artist and artisan, thinker and worker, apes and humans all live and work side by side in harmony with each other and nature. You'll see what I mean when you meet Landa. Who is Landa? An artist of rare sensitivity. Her work is filled with love and compassion for all living things. She is also prefect of the village. Prefect? A female? <laughs> I thought that would surprise you. Hmm? Well, here we are. But where is everybody? Hmm, that is strange. I noticed that no one was working in the field, but I thought perhaps it was lunchtime. Here, I'll knock on this door. Hmm, no answer. Well, let's look around some more. If you ask me, I'd say this place is deserted. Look at this house. Door open, dinner plates on the table, food still on the plates. Whoever lived here left in one big hurry. Sure looks like trouble in your paradise, Galen. I, I don't understand it, but Landa will explain. Let's get over to her house. It's just down the way. Landa? No answer. Try the door. Landa? It's me, Galen. She's not here. Oh my, now I am worried. Look at those paintings. Pete, Galen wasn't exaggerating. She is good. Yeah, the color, the composition. Who would ever dream an ape could create work of this caliber? Something terrible must have happened. Landa would never leave her house like this. Oh. What was that? Came from up in that loft or attic, whatever they call it. Come on, up the ladder. Landa, Landa, it's me, Galen. Oh, where? Where am I? Galen. Oh, Galen, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, are you all right? Yes, I think so. Who are they? Uh, friends of mine, uh, Pete Burke and Alan Verdon. You have nothing to fear. What happened? The whole village deserted, you hiding up here? It was terrible. They came out of the sky. Out of the sky? What do you mean? airship landed in the field at the edge of the village. An airship? Can you describe it? Here, I'll make a rough sketch. It was round, like a dish, about 30 feet in diameter and about 10 feet high. Looks like one of those experimental spacecraft we were fooling around with in the late 70s. Yeah, go on, Landa. A large door in the side of the ship swung open and down, like this, reaching the ground like our naval landing craft in the old days. And two huge armored vehicles rolled down, followed by some humans on foot, carrying guns. Humans? Their leader was very efficient. Spread out! Don't let any one of those animals escape! They killed all those working in the field. No wonder we didn't see anyone there on our way in. I formed a committee representing those of us still alive in the village and tried to negotiate an end to the killing. Negotiate? You have nothing to negotiate with! But we are just a peaceful community, and no possible threat to you. You and your village are of no consequence to us whatsoever. 
some here are humans, just like yourself. Obviously an inferior breed, quite as expendable as the gorillas, chimpanzees and orangutans that make up the so-called rulers of this planet. You know about our political structure. One week in orbit and reconnaissance was enough to give us all the information we need to take possession. Take possession? With only 30 men? With our superior armament, mobility and intelligence, 30 men is enough. We shall eliminate as many of you as is necessary to convince your rulers that resistance is futile. Then we shall repopulate the planet with a superior ace, utilizing those of you who survive as a workforce. And now enough of this talk. Round them up, take them to the pit on the other side of the village, and dispose of them. No exceptions. Horrible, horrible. But how did you escape? Somehow, in all the confusion, I slipped away into the woods. When I was sure they'd gone, I came back here where you found me. And they referred to us as animals. Yeah, we had a belly full of that superior race garbage in the World War II period of the 1900s. I tell you, Galen, if Trang and his men are not stopped, we are all doomed. Back in Central City, an emergency meeting of the leaders of the country is in session. Dr. Zayas is speaking. The day we have long feared is upon us. A small but extremely dangerous band of killer humans have invaded our planet. Speak for yourself, Dr. Zayas. You and your intellectual friends may fear these invaders, but I fear no one. Nobody questions your courage, General Erko, but the situation is critical and calls for careful study and planning. There is no time for that. Just give the word, and my army will move to the attack within the hour. And the invader would mow your gorillas down like grass. You wouldn't have a chance against their advanced armament. What alternative do you propose? As for me, I'd rather go down fighting than sitting here waiting for them to come and get us. In the old armory outside of the city, we do have some 20th century weapons similar to those used by the invaders. Can they be used? After so many centuries of disuse, I frankly doubt it. But it is worth looking into. You can waste time puttering around with your old antiques if you like. But I say your fears are exaggerated. And I'm giving battle orders right now. Sergeant, get the troops ready to ride. We will search out the enemy wherever he is and destroy him. Meanwhile, Pete, Allen, and Galen hold their own council of war, together with their friend Landa, in the field at the edge of the village. Here's where the ship landed. Look at that, Pete. Those tracks. They've got tanks. Yeah, probably running on high-powered batteries or nuclear fuel. Though gasoline fuel is conceivable. And how do you stop tanks with rifles? Like shooting at an elephant with a pea shooter. You shoot elephants? Greedy men used to hunt them down for the ivory of their tusks until wiser and more compassionate laws put an end to the practice. Are you going to stand there and preach morality all day? Justice versus injustice. Right against wrong. Love against hate. Isn't that what morality is all about? The conflict between good and evil is always a moral struggle. An unending battle of two worlds. And now I wonder, which side are you on? Okay, okay, cool it. I'm with you. Don't mind him, Landa. His heart's in the right place. He just likes action. Likes to keep the... General Urko's gorillas. We must hide. Quickly, over here behind the bushes. There they are. Five of them. Look at this, Sergeant. What do you make of those marks? The invaders! Their airship must have landed here. Quick, Blendo! Ride back and report this location to headquarters at once! But 
What made these tracks, Sergeant? Some kind of vehicle that travels on land. Maybe the kind I once saw when I was on guard duty at the old armory. They lead that way. The old armory? Hmm. Landa, do you know where it is? About ten miles from here down that road. We've got to get there, and we sure can use those horses the gorillas have. Can you ride? Yes, I am quite expert at it. Galen? Uh, I'm not an expert, but I think I can manage to stay on. Good. Only one gorilla guarding them. Alan, let's take him. That takes care of him. And the others haven't seen us yet. Mount up and let's go. There it is, the old armory. Yeah, two guards in front. Any other entrances, Landa? No, except for a window in back, rather high up. You and Galen wait here with the horses. Come on, Alan. Let's see if we can get in. There's the window. Hey, looks easy. Give me a hand up. Uh, now you. Phew. This place is huge. Yeah. Hey, look there. Big guns, jeeps, armored cars. And over there, do you believe that? A fighter bomber, World War II. Pete, look. A tank. Yeah. Let's take a good look. Uh-oh. Forget it. Can't stop trying with that. It's so rusty it'll never run. And none of this other stuff will either. Even if there were enough gasoline. Gasoline! This big metal drum, it's marked gasoline. Is it possible it didn't deteriorate or evaporate over the centuries? Hey, baby, no mistake in that smell. So what good is gas for machines that can't run? What good is it? Cocktails, my friend. Delicious cocktails. Cocktails? Molotov cocktail. You catch on quick, buddy. Pete, you're a genius. There are some bottles up on that shelf. And look, kerosene lamps. We can sure use those wicks. Racing against time, the two astronauts assemble their firebombs, stuff their pockets with some grenades they found in a box, and slip back to Galen and Landa, just as a large detachment of soldiers pulls up at the front entrance. It's Erko himself. And Dr. Zayas. Sure got here fast. The gorilla Blendo must have met them on the road and told them about Trang. Uh-oh. He's speaking about the devil. Listen. Colonel Trang. Coming from the other direction. And no mistaking the sound of tanks. Look, Urko heard them too. Fellow soldiers, we face a ruthless enemy with superior armament, but right is on our side. And with our superior courage, we shall destroy him. Take the weapons and prepare to attack. Company A, take the left flank. Company B. Horses against tanks? It's the battle of two worlds, all right. And here we are, right smack dab in the middle. Quick, land Gammon. Get the horses behind those trees and stay down. Come on, Pete. These bushes get perfect cover. Here they come. Light up. I'll take the first one. You take number two. Now! The firebombs stop the tanks in their tracks, and as the men inside try to get out of the disabled monsters, they are met with a shower of hand grenades tossed by the two astronauts before the eyes of the astonished gorillas approaching on horseback. Come on, Pete. Let's get back to the horses. I'm with you. Pete, Alan, over here. Galen, what happened? Landa, she's been shot. Oh, Lord. Wait a minute. She's breathing. Bullet just creased her head. Oh. Uh... She's coming around. 
I think she'll be all right. Who did it? It was Trang himself. He took one of the horses and went that way. Alan, we gotta stop him. He's headed back for the spaceship. And that ship is our ticket back home. What are we waiting for? Galloping furiously down a path through the woods, they suddenly come to a clearing. There it is. And it's a spaceship, all right. A beauty. Listen, the motor's running. Look out. He sees us. He's going to get away. Not if I can help it. The door is still open, and I've got one grenade left. Racing his horse directly toward the spaceship with Alan close behind him, he hurls the grenade through the door a split second before it closes, and the ship starts to rise. Our luck. The last grenade, and it's a dud. Well, it was a good try. What's that? The grenade! It went off! Look, the door's opening! Someone's gonna jump! It's Trang! Good Lord! The ship blew up! Completely disintegrated! There goes our ticket to home. Trang got out just in time, but I don't think it did him much good. Let's get over there. He looks all busted up. Ugh. Filthy animals! Wipe them out! Destroy them! Trang, listen. We are astronauts like you. How did you get here? Do you have any other base on the planet? The future is ours! Uh, follow me! We won't get anything out of him. Fanatical to the end. History sure has a way of repeating itself. Uh-oh. The gorillas. We're sunk! They've got Galen and Lando with them. <coughs> okay, okay. We give up. Hey, the gorillas. They're leaving. Pete, Alan, you're all right? Yeah, but what gives? How come they're letting us go? Echo still considers you dangerous, but because of what happened today, Dr. Zayas convinced him to let us go. This time. A sort of temporary truce? Better than no truce, wouldn't you say? Hmm? You see, justice and mercy still live, even among the apes. What will you do now? Get as far away from Urko as we can. How about you? I shall go back to my village. It's a dream that's worth rebuilding. Landa, painter of beautiful dreams. We'll never forget you. Galen, coming? In a minute. I have a little dream building of my own to discuss with Lander. Uh, okay. We'll wait for you. Down the road away. Our final story for today is called Volcano. I'll be back after this one with a final word. Volcano. 
In the upside-down world that was the planet of the apes, the divisions and hostilities within the dominant ape community were like a mirror image of the man-ruled world which preceded it. Especially acute was the conflict between the military-minded gorillas and the intellectual chimpanzees, which had been intensifying over a long period of time and now threatened to erupt into open warfare. Yes, yes, come in, come in. Well, don't just stand there, what do you want? Here are the reports you asked for, Dr. Zayas. Oh, just put them down here and close the door after you. There is one more thing. Well, out with it, out with it. I don't have all day. There is a Dr. Pindera waiting to see you. Pindera? Oh, yes. He's the one who has done such fine work in geothermal energy, not to mention that outlandish theory of his about shifting continental plates. Show him in, show him in. Good morning, Dr. Zayas. You are Dr. Pandera? I thought... Ah, yes, I know. You thought I was a male. Sometimes I wonder if the world will ever recognize that females are quite as capable as males of being creative outside of the obvious physiological process of childbearing. Uh, forgive me, Doctor. My surprise overcame my sense of good manners. Please, sit down. Thank you. Now, did you bring the results of your investigation in the Prelox area? Yes, and I am quite concerned about it. The temperature of the water in the crater of Mount Prelox is rising, almost to the boiling point, and the vapor emission has increased sharply. What about earthquake activity? That, too, is alarming. Numerous minor quakes have been felt in the area, none big enough so far to cause any damage. But my studies of the motions of the continental plates... Must we go into that? I have heard of your theory, Dr. Pandera, but I really feel you are allowing fantasy to take over your usually rational thought processes. Nevertheless, through my theory of the shifting of those continental plates, I predict there will be a major earthquake along the fault line in the Mount Prelox district, preceded by massive volcanic activity sometime in the very near future. Assuming your prediction is correct, the area around the mountain is no longer fit for habitation and everyone living there should move to another and safer location. And the sooner, the better. You realize, of course, that the Prelox area constitutes one of General Urko's strongest bases of popular support. That it is populated almost exclusively by gorillas? I am aware of that. Relations between Urko and myself have almost reached the breaking point. And recently, there have been frequent clashes between individual chimpanzees and orangutans on the one side, and gorillas on the other. What does that have to do with... If the Council of Ministers, under my instructions, orders an evacuation of the Prelox area, I hesitate to predict its effect on General Urko and his hotheads. The worst fears of Dr. Zayas were at that moment being confirmed at General Urko's headquarters, where a meeting of all his commanders is in session. called you together today because of grave developments in our country. For too long now, we have put up with the stupidity and insolence of those emasculated, effete intellectuals in Central City. They have coddled the humans, allowed our defenses to be weakened, and now are beginning to openly discriminate against us. I have received word that they are about to order the evacuation of Prelox because of a supposed threat of earthquakes or volcanoes, or some such nonsense. No, no, no! It's a trick to split the gorillas. Divide and conquer. I am from Prelox, and my people are not afraid of a few rumbles of the earth and harmless columns of steam, which we have seen for years. 
We will not be stampeded by some chicken-hearted chimps in Central City. Well said, Captain Soma. But the issue has gone beyond all this. The issue now is, who is to rule the nation? Those witch doctors with their mumbo-jumbo pronouncements taken from dusty old books? Or the great gorilla people, you and I, the true protectors of law and order? Unaware of the growing feud among the apes, the three fugitives, Pete, Alan, and Galen, stand on a low hill overlooking the only village in the Prelox area inhabited by humans. If I didn't know better, I'd swear we were near old Yellowstone Park. Yeah. Those geysers around here sure remind me of Old Faithful. But we're nowhere near the Rockies. Rockies? Uh, Old Faithful? Yellowstone? I never heard of them. What are they? Well, hey, look, something's going on down there. The villagers have gathered around that chip on the horse, and they look pretty excited. Let's move down closer. Maybe we can hear what it's all about. All we have in the world. How can we leave it? And how do you know the danger is so great? We've seen smoke from the mountain many times before, and nothing ever happened. The order to evacuate comes from Dr. Zayas himself. Although Mount Prelox has been inactive for centuries, the scientists say it will erupt at any moment now, destroying everything for miles around. Your lives are in danger. Uh-oh, gorillas. Hilden, don't listen to that lying chimp. It's just a trick to cheat you out of your possessions. And I order you to stay in your homes. Guards, shoot him. Shoot that chimp. Those dirty... And the same thing will happen to any human who disobeys my order. From now on, the gorillas and the gorillas alone are running this country. That was Captain Soma. Urko's next in command. So what? One gorilla's about as bad as another when he's got a gun on you. It is against our law for ape to kill ape. If Urko's top commander deliberately breaks that law, it can only mean one thing. Well? The gorillas are in open revolt. They fear there will be the same kind of fratricidal war among apes that destroyed the civilization of humans. Hey, what's that? Am I dreaming or did the ground shake for a second? You weren't dreaming. And it was shaking. And look at that column of steam from Mount Prelox. I don't like the look of this thing. Neither do I. I think Dr. Zayas and his scientists are right. This place is going to blow. we got to get out of here. And we've got to convince the humans in that village to leave. They, they must leave. What a spot they're in. If they stay, the volcano will get them. And if they try to leave, the gorillas will. If you ask me, they have no choice. They've got to leave and take their chances with the gorillas. And we've got to convince them. Let's go. They race down into the village, and without hesitation, Pete climbs on a box in the center of a crowd of bewildered, frightened villagers. Listen! Listen to me! You've got to leave this place right now! Who are you? You don't belong here. Who I am doesn't matter. Your lives are in danger if you stay here. You must leave. You came in here with an ape. Why should we listen to you? Let him speak. My life is at stake here, too, and I want to hear what he has to say. Mount Prelox has become a live volcano. At any moment now, it will explode and flaming red-hot lava will come flowing down, destroying and burying everything in its path. And that means this whole village. I've seen volcanoes in action, and I beg you, leave now! 
It's Captain Soma and his gorillas again. Who are you, human? And what? Say, aren't you? Guards, seize him! He is one of the fugitive astronauts, and there are his friends Bearden and Galen. Seize them all! Suddenly, with a violent explosion, the top of the mountain blew off, and a fiery fountain of incandescent lava shot high in the air, cascading in showers over the mountainside, and soon the deadly flow of lava began. Let's get out of here. Everybody, follow me! Nobody needed to be told to leave at this point. Even the gorillas finally realized that Dr. Zayas had been telling the truth and raced back to warn their own people to evacuate. A little later, on a small hill beyond the reach of the lava, Pete, Alan, and Galen surveyed the scene of devastation before them. Wow! I've never seen anything like that in my life. The village, gone, buried under that river of flame. Looks like the people got out just in time, thank heaven. They lost everything they had in this world. Their homes, their livestock. But they have their lives, and they can build new homes. But if there is a war on top of all this... The gorillas are not my favorite people, but they are not utterly devoid of reason. You think they'll call off their war? Unlike the humans of 2,000 years ago, I believe my fellow apes will see the precipice ahead and pull back in time. I think they will learn the lesson of the volcano. Amen. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. We appreciate you stopping by and listening in with us here on the couch. And we hope you'll keep coming back. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out some of the other episodes we have to offer, as well as new episodes, which are uploaded every Monday and Wednesday. We are listener-supported, as we have always been by you, the listeners. We thank you all for your support and hope you will continue to keep coming back and allow us to grow and keep listening. Hopefully we'll have something to offer. Coming up uh, next week, we will be rounding out our Power Records Sci-Fi Month with Space 1999 on both Monday and Wednesday. So we hope you'll tune in for that. Until then, this has been Couch and Coffee Table. Until next time, be good to yourself. <laughs>